Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. All right, we do have a guest with us uh, this morning, Brianna Marie Lowry, local nurse. She's also from Jessup. Uh, but uh, works at St. Joe's Center, but she is now an RN and she's on deployment, as they call it, with crucial staffing working in New York City to assist the healthcare workers battling COVID-19. Uh, so, Brianna Marie Lowry, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Brianna, how long are you, are you in Thank New York you. City? How long have you been working there now? Uh, I believe it's been 11 days. It's 11 long days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I bet. I bet. So tell us about your experiences. Like, how, what are the you know the work conditions, the living conditions? Just uh, give us the big picture here. So, with the relief company that we're with, we are to do twenty-one days straight of twelve-hour shifts. That's um, grueling. Yes, so it's very long. We leave. Uh, fortunately, I'm on day shift, so we leave at seven a.m. and we don't get back until ten p.m. So it's wake up, eat, get your coffee, run to the bus, get there, um, and then you're in for a very long day. Um, but let's, watching, let's, what's that? I was just going to say, talk a little bit about that last, I think it was yesterday where you had posted about um, just, you know, how serious the situation is there. Yes. Um, so it's very hard to watch you know obviously i haven't worked with these people very long but to watch you know you just get you you pray and you want these patients to be able to do well and unfortunately that hasn't been happening as frequently as we would like um and i just wish people would take it more seriously you know they're out and they're still you know going to parties and meeting with people out you know outside of their homes and it's just i don't feel like people are taking it as seriously as they should and being on the you know medical aspect it's really frustrating because i'm seeing people you know we're trying to revive these people we're trying to save these people and it's really hard because that doesn't always happen because people are quarantined or, you know, uh, limiting uh, contact, I know you're saying, um, you know, there are those who are not. Uh, they're so disconnected from what is going on and what we're calling uh, the front line. So if you can just uh, tell us uh, about the situation there. Are you working with COVID patients right now? I am, yes. I'm currently working in a PICU. Um, so, and a lot of patients are rule out COVID. So even if we're not, 
you know, they're not diagnosed with COVID just yet. We're still treating them as as if they are. Well, what does that treatment consist of? I mean, if you're not, if it's not a definite diagnosis, well, what do you do for them? So as far as treating them as they are, it's to protect us and, you know, the next patient that we're going to go into because we don't want to expose ourselves and then expose, you know, a patient who may be negative. Um, so treating them as if they are is what I mean is isolation to make sure that we're not spreading this to another patient who doesn't have the virus. Um, a lot of patients who do have the virus are requiring, you know, high flows of oxygen, ventilators, CPAPs. Um, so a lot of these patients do need, you know, to be in the hospital for these things. And a lot, even the, you know, the medical medical surgical floors where you know doctors aren't used to treating certain things I'm going to pick you right now and these doctors are taking care of patients up to 40 years old and I'm sure that they weren't expecting that but right now it's just everybody it's like all hands on deck and they're just doing their best they can to take care of as many patients as they can you know the PICU turned into basically up to an adult ICU as long uh, with children in it as well so everyone's just trying to work together and trying to be understanding to help as many people as possible tell us about your decision to go there because um when you talk about 12 hour days 21 days straight it it seems to many people to be a you know very tough situation so um what was your thinking going into this my thinking was that I couldn't imagine being a nurse and working how these nurses here are working and not having anybody helping. You know, I, I would just hope that if, you know, Scranton got as bad as it was here, which I'm praying it doesn't, but if it did, that, you know, nurses would come and help relieve us because there's, and you know, and it's not just the long hours, but a lot of these nurses you know, got sick and a lot of people got the virus. You know, I, I worked with a nurse um, a couple of days ago and she was asking how my family responded to me going. And obviously my mom was, you know, very upset and didn't want me to go. And then once, you know, she realized that I was going no matter what, she was supportive of my decision, even though she was worried and upset. And that nurse had told me that she just lost her husband two weeks prior to the virus. And it's just, you know, these nurses are losing coworkers, they're losing their family members. You know, a lot of them are getting sick and, you know, there are some that are recovering, which is great. But I just couldn't imagine the entire aspect of everything that they're going through. And I just felt that they needed help and they do. Mm -hmm. We've heard a a lot of us have become uh, familiar with some of the vernacular PPE, personal protective equipment. How's the availability of that? So I'm very fortunate on the unit that I'm in. Um, we have had everything yesterday. We did run out of some things, like we didn't have the protective booties, which is what goes over your shoes. Um, we didn't have hairnets, which cover your head. Um, I did bring some of my own supplies with me. Uh, so it's, it, it is scary to see what's going to happen in the future because I don't know how supplies are going to work or, and you know, there's, there's other floors where I'm getting on the bus and, you know, people that came here with me with this company are saying that, you know, they didn't have gowns or they were expected to, you know, wear a gown multiple times. And that's just not 
how PPE is supposed to be used. But in a crisis situation, it's, we're just doing the best that we possibly can. We, we have heard, and, and this is one of the things you had talked about on your social media account as well, and that is that uh, some people are saying, oh, what's happening there is overhyped. It's media hype. It's not really that bad. What would you say to anybody who says that? It's, it's probably worse than the media. Um, and this is where I'll probably get emotional because it's hard to see. Um, I promise you there's certain things that you'll just never forget that you've seen. You know, um, doctors doing multiple rounds on CPR on a patient trying to save these people. And for someone to say that it's not as bad or it's the media hyping it is completely ignorant if you're not living through it. If you don't have a medical background, if you haven't seen it with your own eyes, because it's exhausting. And, you know, we're here just trying to save these people and people who aren't taking this seriously is just... I, I just feel like that's disrespectful to those who, you know, are trying to help the problem. You've mentioned now on the other side, obviously, you know about the uh, the love and the outpouring of support you're getting, obviously, from not just the people in New York, but from people all over the uh, country. Um, it is moving. And you mentioned this as well. Uh, when you hear the cheer of the New Yorkers, is that is still happening when you're reporting for work or leaving your shift? Yes. So um, I'm actually on a strange shift. I'm 8 to 8.30 here. Everyone else in the other hospitals are 7 to 7.30. So I, they, they, I don't think the New Yorkers realize my time, but for the 7 o'clock, yes, they're cheering. And the fire department is showing up at, you know, some of the hospitals and they're thanking them. And, you know, firefighters even said, like, you know, you've been here for us for 9-11 and we're going to be here for you. It's just really great to have the support because it is, it's exhausting. We're tired, um, but we go back every day and do it all over again because it's who we are. It's what we do. You're making such a difference, uh, Brianna Marie Lowry. Thank you so much for taking the time out. You've got such, uh, you know, little downtime, and we appreciate you spreading the word. If you want to just give a message to others, you talked about how important it is for them uh, to follow social distancing guidelines. If you want to just reiterate what you think uh, people should be doing. Absolutely. Um, I know it's hard not seeing family members and loved ones and friends and being lonely and feeling like you're caged in your house. But I promise you, it's so much better than your loved one that, you know, has an underlying condition that wouldn't be able to survive COVID. You know, if you did get it and you didn't have symptoms or you had mild symptoms and you passed it along to this family member, um, it's, it, you know, these people are dying alone in the hospital because you're, we're not allowed to let family members in. You know, I mean, we're there with them, but as far as a loved one, and, and it's just something that I wouldn't, I just don't want to see people go through and to just be safe and to stay with social distancing and to not go shopping every single day just because you're bored and to wash your hands and to protect yourself. Brianna, thank you so much. A big thank you for all you're doing. Um, it's really just uh, amazing that there are so many people like you who are helping out. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Take Have a care. good day. You too. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.